you watched Midsummer recently. Yeah. Is what you're saying. Yeah, I watched Midsummer uh, last Midsommar. night. Midsummer. I watched, yeah, uh, yeah. I watched uh, Midsummer last night, and now I'm going to go to Idaho and make my <laughs> own version. <laughs> We're going to take a bunch of brothers and sisters from Idaho. And, you know, we're going to get up in the mountains there and spread the light uh, with uh, ritual sacrifice. Yes, and until uh, we have a suitably disabled person to write our own Bible, uh, we'll have to use some, uh, you know, other disabled person's version of a Bible. We're going to have to audition disabled people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, how did you like Midsummer? I, I didn't like it at first, and then it, as we were... As I went through, it grew on me, but at the ver- like the first half is hard to watch because I just don't like the characters. Yeah, um, but you're supposed to not like the. They're supposed to be deliberately hateable. I feel even even the hmm. protagonist, even Florence Pugh, the protagonist. Yeah, she's supposed to be unpl. Like you 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 feel the plight of the boyfriend. It's like oh man, I know this bitch lost her family, but she's such a downer. You know? <laughs> I mean, it It was hard. I can deal with those movies sometimes. Um, there are other movies, like, you know, I think the classic one is uh, Human Centipede, where you, <laughs> where you dislike all the characters except for Asian guy. Um, <laughs> the center uh, of the, the center guy of the centipede. <laughs> he's the front guy. Oh, he's the front guy. Oh, right. Yeah, he's the front guy. The ladies are... The, the, the survivor at the end of it is the girl in the middle, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. That's how Human Centipede ends. I forgot. I, I mean, Midsummer's had a really long cultural shelf life, thanks to COVID. Yeah. Because it came out last summer. Yeah, it came out last summer. And people are still talking about it. People are, like, still dressing in May Queen outfits. Like, uh, witch Twitter loves the May Queen, of course. Right. Well, part of why I didn't like it at first is because it wasn't initially clear to me that it is a cult and not just Sweden in general. Because <laughs> I thought at first that they were trying to say that, like, this is what Sweden is like. But it is what Sweden is like. It's not what Sweden is like. Yeah. So being Swedish, I was offended. Mm-hmm. But then I realized no need to be offended. They're not saying this is what Sweden is like. It's just a crazy cult. No, everyone in Sweden is Anders Breivik. No, that's Norway. <laughs> yeah, that's Norway. That is not those crazy Norwegians with their Anders Breivik. You know, we have had no Nazis. <laughs> it does have some really great representations of what it's like to take psychedelics, which is cool. Yes. I agree. It's it's some of the most most realistic uh, trips yeah. I've ever seen on screen. Where because trips, Hollywood always does it as like, oh, I'm seeing like a crazy rabbit in a tuxedo and he's telling me to fuck my dad. Mm-hmm. But um, yep. like trips are just shits moving around. Like that's that's yeah. pretty much all it is. It's and you feel like intense feelings and you see intenser colors, but it's not like you get full on visual hallucinations but you can i mean you can yeah yeah Um, you can but they're so they're super rare yeah i had a few but it took a a lot of mushrooms like Mm -hmm. many weekends in a row to get the full-on hallucinations and Mm. and ego death which i have experienced (laughs) which is nice and fun it is fun i looked in the mirror and i was like shit that's i don't know who that guy is because that's not i'm not me that's not me i'm not me but uh, I'm a tulpa. 
Um, I am my own thought form. It was hard for me to, to, to decipher what the message of the movie is. Oh, I think I, I think the message is pretty clear. I think the message is... The, all, the other reason why I think Midsommar is a comedy is because the movie is on the side of the cult. The movie mm -hmm. ends up sort of through... It, it's not really a horror in the same way like The Wicker Man is because... Mm -hmm. Uh, the protagonist, Florence Pugh, actually receives benediction from the actions of the cult. She actually receives, like, a sense of community. Even, like, you see, you see her character at the beginning. She's always fucking frowning. Even her family life before her sister kills her mother and father is, like, fraught and terrible. And she can't rely on any of the people around her to give her uh, a sense of emotional belonging. In, in a sense, I, I think it sort of comments on... Uh, it has to, it has to do a lot with isolation and you know the isolation caused by capitalism you know you go to the scenes before Sweden everything is sort of gray and it features like cars and technology and um, it's it's in the darkness constantly and then you go to the Swedish things and everything's sort of like colorful brings you into the light and of course the denouement the scene which is the most important in the movie is when she's heaving and crying and all the ladies are crying with her which yeah, is like that's funny. symbolically her finding community and like the the people the the people that reject that are punished they are killed yeah. their their deaths are deserved it's because a, they that's annoying that. and the thing another part of my reaction is that like i i was thinking about like what how i would react in that and i'm such a contrarian that even like even though I, I identify highly with that message, I know I wouldn't like it. And it is a, this movie, I think I said to you, is a good antidote to reactionaries because it shows you that if you go back to the way things were, it's kind of fucking crazy. Yeah. You'll get murdered for your pettiness, which you don't want because we are all made of pettiness. Mm-hmm. I mean, that I, I I would I don't know I might kind of prefer like individual isolation to the commun like the communal communal style living like of a cult. That's too yeah. much. My my one gripe I think I think Midsummer is great. I think um, the fact that it has had this long cultural shelf life and the fact that you see all of these May Queen people mm -hmm. people are really vibing, identifying with it. Um, I think that's why it's interesting to see it take its place in the cultural zeitgeist in a way that even Hereditary didn't. Mm. Um, and uh, but my there, I have one problem with the movie, which is uh, what we mentioned before. There is a prominently featured uh, deformed character born of incest mm -hmm. in the movie who writes the uh, Bible for the community. And this this character is heavily featured in the trailer and it just straight up doesn't go anywhere that character right. yeah that's yeah. the only and i thought that was sort of like a bit nasty and exploitative of a deformed person it's like it, it was weird it was weird and yeah. a little not uh well fleshed out i feel like the editors like i think it was rushed it felt a little yeah. rushed the edit um I think it, it's it was it should have been a weird detail in the movie, but because of the trailer, it's so heavily featuring this person, it figured it's like, oh, some scary stuff is going to happen because this person has a facial deformity. I never saw the trailer, but I also thought that that was an odd part that didn't receive. I thought it was going to like I in the movie because you see it in the movie pretty early mm -hmm. and then it is a little bit addressed 
and then they kind of just leave it. Yeah. Um, it it was a little shallow. Um, yeah, I, I don't understand how it connects to the larger. Maybe it's like the problem with embedding yourself and letting your ego dissolve into a community is you literally become a, this incest person or mm-hmm. something like that. But even so, it's still, I don't know, it felt a little, it felt a little nasty to the deformeds yeah. to me. I, I am interested in this movie being, like, compared to The Lighthouse. Interesting. Because The Lighthouse and this, I think, would be a great double feature. Mm-hmm. And The Lighthouse does have to do with the extreme effects of isolation. And is also really a parable, kind of, which this is, mm-hmm. I think, also a parable. And... I'll, I I prefer I would prefer the world of the lighthouse than the world of Midsummer. <laughs> um, you want to hear my hot take on the lighthouse? Sure. Uh, Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson are the same character. Yeah, and maybe, he's maybe. just trapped there forever. Um, and he just lives with a version of himself constantly. I mean, he's constantly being driven mad by the younger version. That's just the Fight Club analysis. You're just doing it's the Fight, fight, club, fight analysis. club analysis. <laughs> well, I I think you know the themes of sort of what's so great about the lighthouse is it really captures that theme of just being trapped somewhere eternally. It sort of ends on that fucking crazy shot of Robert Pattinson getting Prometheus by a mm-hmm. seagull. All yeah. nude and like it's so hot mm-hmm. and also disturbing at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the lighthouse <laughs> is a parable of the human condition. I mean, I yeah. think they both are. They're both about the yeah. same thing, which is the human. Yeah, they're condition. both about isolation. One where in which, and it's funny how they sort of use the same imagery or at least the same color palettes to evoke isolation. Uh, where, uh, yeah, just using black and white and stark contrast and, um, you know, focusing on, you know, in the lighthouse, they even do focus on the technology of the lighthouse and what that means to the isolation of these characters. Mm. And in the end, in the lighthouse, he he looks into the actual thing producing the light and, of course, yeah. has that awesome screaming sequence, Ye. which I was expecting... Mean, Oh, by the way, spoilers mm-hmm. from the beginning. From <laughs> we should have said spoilers at the beginning, but at the end of Midsommar, there's a sort of a similar sequence with the burning mm-hmm. down of the building, yeah. and everyone's looking inside and screaming. Yeah. So I think they're really those movies go together in my mind. Expressions of the sublime. You know what is what is a better image for? Something that is vast and unknowable as this gigantic ball of light. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's something, you know, vaguely sexual and tentacly about the light as well. Similar to in Midsommar, uh, there's this, you know, maybe that's what the incest character is about in Midsommar. Because it's just implied now she's just for life. She's just incest. That's the that's it now. Mm-hmm. That's her life now. Uh, and that just shows you you know what the cult eventually leads to um and it shows you know maybe what you're willing to sacrifice in order to reach this idealized sublime to get to the gigantic flaming uh log cottage you need to you know first do incest (laughs) midsummer 
Midsummer, I get a, I, I give it a four out of five. I gave it on IMDb. I changed my rating as I was watching it. I started watching it. And I'm like, this is a three out of ten. And then I watched mm-hmm. a little more, and I'm like, okay, it's a five out of ten. And then I watched a little more, and I got up to six out of ten. And yeah. then and then I finished the movie, and I ended with the seven out of ten. Um, it's really good. It it's um, and I think that sort of uh, reflects. It zigs where you think it's gonna zag. Yeah. It's crea- It's very clever. Plays with your expectations, but not in like a bullshit Last Jedi way. It would be funnier if, to me if Chris- if Kristen Bell was instead of Florence Pugh. Because just... it would. It's Cheedy and Kristen yeah. Bell. Just have the entire cast of The Good Place reenact Midsummer. Baby, this <laughs> that is would be actually pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to see Jamila Jamil like accidentally insult the Midsummer people and they say. Let us kill this bitch right away. Oh, no, you pissed on the ancestral tree. Oh, yeah. no. That part made me laugh. Uh, yeah. I, lo- I really liked that guy, the guy that pissed Will on Poulter? the tree. Will Poulter? Yeah, Will Poulter's a G. He's a great character actor. Oh, man. He was... He's good at playing Weasley little guys, yeah. which he does to perfection in this movie. He's like the, like, you know, the, the, like the kid who always goes like this with his hands in recess? Like... Yeah, yeah, Randall. Yeah. Yeah. He's a real Rand. I saw the Randall meme being thrown around about Pete Buttigieg a lot, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Oh. Yeah, I the Lighthouse and Midsummer also operated a similar position in which they've had this extended cultural shelf life due to Coven, mm-hmm. because they were like the last big horror hits, and they have everything to do with isolation, which is of course a big theme of the current plague. Mm. Big theme. Big theme in the plague. Big- Big theme of the plague, isolation. <laughs> Top three themes of the plague, we got number one, isolation. We got two, distrust. We got number three coming up on its heels is uh, 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 apocalyptic hoarding. All right. Yeah, no, to- no toilet paper. <laughs> no toilet paper, no TP. It's oh, still man. bad in America. It's still really bad in America. Yeah, the, the, apparently the Canadians have their hands full just trying to keep us out right now, which I find funny. <laughs> nope, get out of here. You keep trying uh, to keep trying to sneak in. We knew this would happen. Gotta build gotta build a wall. I, I know. That's Trudeau, the obvious Trudeau joke. Trudeau should try yeah. to build a wall. That would be horrible. I mean, uh, really. It would be made of corn. It would, he would give all these subsidies to the wall building and he, like Bill Morneau's daughter is on the wall building board. You don't know about you may have not been following the the wee charity scandal, Stephen, because you're not from Canada, and this doesn't affect you in any way. What's but that? Have you? Uh, it's it's really funny. It's um. Uh, so Justin Trudeau's prime ministership has been marked by slush fund after slush fund. You know, he gets mm-hmm. paid exorbitant speaking fees. He goes to some billionaire's private island. Not not like a little Saint James situation less maybe a little saint james one can only hope um there was one thing called snc lavalin which is another slush fund people basically conflicts of interest where companies get awarded contracts or get special favors because of connections with trudeau or Mm -hmm. prominent members in his cabinet and the latest one of these and so like there's one every year um and the latest one of these is we charity what makes this thing so special is we charity is run by two very evident fucking psychopaths known as the Keelbergers, Craig and Mark Keelberger. 
Uh, Craig Kielberger's claim to fame was he started a charity when he was 11 years old called Free the Children. And Burger, after being, the word Burger is, of course, Canadian for brother. So it's the Kiel yes, brothers. Right? The, Kiel, the Kiel brothers. Mm-hmm. Yes, of course, my Burger. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's pretty good. I like that. Yeah. I'm going to start doing that. <laughs> yeah, so the Kiel brothers, the Kielberger brothers, the Kiel brother brothers, the Kielberger burgers, um, they... There's a lot of shady shit that goes on with the We Charity, not least of which is their um, cultish corporate mentality. Uh, Their charity is driven in such a way as to resemble sort of a secular religion, uh, if you you look into how it's arranged. And also, um, they have sort of bizarre deals in the country where they do development work, where... Some money ends up in the hands of local warlords, but we're not going to think about that. That's not really the issue with... Canada has local warlords? No, no. uh, They do development work in in countries that feature warlords. (laughs) Although I'm sure Canada has some warlords. There are Ministry of Defense, those guys, Uh those bastards. Um, But the issue here is that um, the We Charity got awarded $900 million by the Trudeau government to do COVID uh, job outreach for millennials. Mm -hmm. So $750 American dollars. Yeah, $750 American dollars, which is $900 million (laughs) Canadian dollars. $750 American dollars. Uh, So this is all over. This is all over some some mad exchange rate humor. Uh Our dollar is weak, not unlike Justin Trudeau's resolve. Wa-bam! His beard game is strong. He, I think he got rid of the beard what? recently. Well, probably because yeah. of COVID. I, I'm, it's I, not pronounced COVID. It's COVID. 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 Uh, you no, you had a you had a pun the other day. That's because of you. You keep pronouncing it COVID, so I made the pun that <laughs> when COVID changes, it's COVID's mm-hmm. metamorphoses. But yeah, look into how wacky the We Charity is. That shit's wacky as fuck. And Justin yeah. Trudeau is a conflict of interest boy, dude. That coi boy. He's Teflon, man. Nothing sticks to him. No, yeah, he he landslide. He won the last election, and I think he'll win the next one in a landslide. Do you the, guys have the conservatives term? got no one? Do you have term limits on the prime minister? We do not actually, oh. <laughs> um, but they usually no one lasts more than ten years, okay. no matter how good they do, no matter how popular they are. Exception being Justin's dad, Pierre, but he broke up. He he yes. had two separate prime ministerships, one from the sixties to the seventies, and then there were a couple between them, and then he was prime minister again in the eighties. Oh, so he's like kind of like Michael Jordan. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> he's. In a, in a lot of ways, he is very comparable to Michael Jordan, inveterate gambler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what, no, is, he, what is Canada's Pierre end Trudeau game? Pierre not a gambler. What's Canada's end game for world domination? Like, um, do you, guys, you must have some plans in there. Like if, if America falls and if China falls, time for Canada to rise uh, up. We, we hit it with Australia and form the new Commonwealth. Mm. <laughs> Mm. It's gonna. I I could actually see that, like Commonwealth countries, sort of banding together and creating a trading block, just out of share, just bringing the British Empire back. Ooh, yikes! Cancel you for that one. Can't what I'm saying, I'm saying they the Commonwealth countries already do share uh, significant trading blocks. They share huge amounts of trade and tourism between them. You know, South Africa, Australia. 
the UK, Canada, those economies combined are no joke. You know, and now that UK's out of Brexit, you know, they can reform. Let's reform the Commonwealth, nice. damn it! That'd be damn awesome. It. Start yeah. a movement. I yeah, would, I would gonna... defect. I would be Benedict Arnold, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the sun shall never set on the British Empire. The thing is, we just don't make it racist this time. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, what was I going to say? Um, I don't know. If we could get India into the Commonwealth, that would be a good get. We could, it would be such a good get. We get India, Hong Kong. That gives us a front against China. <laughs> oh, was, man. The, I don't know. The global geopolitics is... I know nothing it's, about geopolitics. It's kind of... I'm sure that's not obvious. It's weird that it... It's weird with COVID because um, it's making the Chinese, China war hawks go crazy. I just hope they cool their jets. Uh, as in rise. the people that want to go to war with China? Yeah. Interesting. Something interesting is happening in China. It's hard to get any real info on it, but the Three Gorges Dam could mm. be potentially at like a breaking point. There's a rumor. Damn! There's a rumor Sorry. going around that um, the flooding that has happened in Hubei province will make the dam buckle and perhaps break. And if it did break, it would be a like a huge catastrophe. Yeah. Yeah, millions, one of the biggest on earth. Millions and millions of people are directly in its flood zone. Isn't it the wor- it's literally the world's largest dam, yeah. right? Yeah, it's it's 11 No, it's 3 times bigger than the Hoover Dam and oh. supplies 11 times the amount of electricity. And it's it, a goddamn. Like the the premier that got pushed it through, pushed the plans through did so over the objections of like many engineers who were like no this is not safe do not do this in the 90s mm-hmm. and he did it anyway like a third of do they have a common turn what are they the politburo what do they have like a th- i have no idea a third of the voting block in the high up government like abstained from voting on the three gorges dam um and there's a really great movie that I was trying to remember for the past couple of months called Still Life by the mm. Chinese director Zhang Qi Jia. And it's about um, two estranged, uh, no, two people estranged from their spouses in sort of the wake of the constant construction of the Three Gorges Dam, just kind of like in Chinese society looking for their spouses. And it's really a great movie. Um, mm. he, Zhang Qijia is part of the sixth generation of Chinese filmmakers and he's I mean I want to find more of his films uh, but highly recommend that movie mm. Still Life say it again Still Life Still Life by mm-hmm. Zhang Qijiao Jia. where our pronunciations are flawless yes um so yeah it's funny hydroelectric power is always pitched as being this environmentally sound form of uh power generation but it's really uh arguably far more damaging than say nuclear power uh it drastically changes the ecology around it yeah no nuclear power is the way to go i mean yeah it sucks that uh, we've had disasters that have made it too scary to use because it's it's terrifying when stuff goes wrong mm-hmm. but it i mean if we had if we like if Three Mile Island hadn't happened, and if the Soviets had successfully covered up Chernobyl, then <laughs> <laughs> maybe we wouldn't well, be where we are with climate change, you know? 
It's hard to cover up Chernobyl when the particles reach Sweden. Yeah. <laughs> Dang it. Oh, look, what is this in the air? What is this burning I feel in the air? Yeah, and then they oh, all... Oh, no, that's not good. They all start doing... Sweden starts doing cults going crazy. <laughs> that's... Yeah, yeah, Chernobyl and Midsommar are related. It'd be so funny. If, like... Wouldn't it be funny if, like, Midsommar, they're like, so this is an ancient tradition, eh? No, we only started <laughs> doing this 20 years ago. <laughs> Seemed like the right thing to do, you know. Capitalism was very alienating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. This is what happens at kibbutzes at hippie communes. Yeah, well, oh, I was... Just before we got started, I was going to try to look up the Christianization of Scandinavia. Because part of why I initially didn't like Midsommar was because... Because before I realized it was a cult, I was like, damn, they... like. Sweden went through a very dark time when they were forced to become Christians. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so I thought that maybe was, you know. Is that why Varg hates Christianity yes, so it much? Is. it oh is. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, Varg, have we gone through... You are more obsessed with Varg than I am. Not anymore. I don't I am... follow him anymore. He's... Because it's, it's, his, ra- his race science stuff is just wacky yeah. and wrong and ridiculous i'm not a fan of him in any way for people that may not know what we're talking about this is varg vikernes who uh alternately known as burzum who wrote some of the most foundational uh he's death metal not nope, black nope, metal, nope, right? nope nope he's black metal oh he is black yeah. metal so he wrote some of the most foundational black metal records of all time uh black metal being sort of this tinny intentionally poorly recorded but very gruesome and hard, intentionally hard to listen to version of metal that gained purchase in uh, Norway and Sweden in the late 80s and early 90s and was associated with a series of church burnings. Yeah. He burned churches and he killed his band member, Euronymous, um, Yeah, and went to jail for about ugh, 18 years, 15 years. He was in jail for murder and he got let out yes and now he lives in france (laughs) ah yes france yeah he lives in the countryside Uh, in france and he got in trouble in france for saying nazi shit and i had to like stop saying it but he's an asshole and kind of stupid but has a cult following yeah because his music the music of burzum it's actually pretty good you know you think being a morrissey fan is hard (laughs) try being a burzum You think being a Kanye fan is hard? Try being a Burzum fan. He's so extreme, though. He occasionally says stuff that, like, other people agree with on the left. And then, and, and that's a trap, generally. Because, I mean, because he says anti-Christian stuff and anti-imperialist yes. like, stuff. But Yeah, he's, he's, he's also, sort of anti-capitalist as well yeah. in a weird way because he's, uh, he's, not like, he's not like a Strasserite or anything like that. But um, there is a through line because he's not he's kind he's a white supremacist, but I wouldn't say he's a Nazi. He's not a Nazi anymore. He said he used to be, but he's not anymore. And yeah, I'm done with the Nazis, but I realized they were corny. Yeah. And the thing about (laughs) him is that he's not even a white supremacist. He's like a Norse supremacist. So it's even more exclusive. (laughs) So like he's like going off on how Italian people aren't white and like French people aren't really white. And it's just like, come on, only, only you weirdo Swedish people with your silly Midsommar cults 
<laughs> that's what it's all like. Yeah. That this is the world that Bursum wants. I know it kind <laughs> of is. I was. I'm hoping he's, he's like. I think he should watch that movie because it might de-radicalize him. <laughs> because he'll be like, oh god. <laughs> oh my god. I don't know if he'd be. It would be funny if they made a Burzum like it's Midsummer, but they just put her in corpse paint and she gets uh, <laughs> emotional benediction through death metal, through black metal. Yeah, I should say. Not I'm sorry. Death metal. God, death metal. I know. I death... like death metal. Yeah, I like black metal. I like a uh, yeah, dark throne. I don't like black metal. I respect shittily recorded music because I make shittily recorded music. Yeah. Um, death metal is much more about your um like virtuosic technique than black metal so it's also like doesn't have um terrible production as a built-in feature so often it's far more listenable yeah which is you know something that you don't realize you want out of metal until you have it gone you know yeah i want to be able to hear individual notes that would be nice i mean there's like grindcore also but oh no i'm gonna sneeze Whoa, you suffer, but why? <laughs> um, is that what you say? That's Grandcore. Is that what you that's, uh, <laughs> so you no, that's the of, Napalm Death song, which is God, two seconds long. Instead of God bless you. <laughs> you suffer, but why? <laughs> that's the Grindcore, God bless you. It's, you suffer, but why? <laughs> there you go. I know, but I can't, um, I can't listen to any music more than like 20 minutes. Yeah, that's the off. amount of time you're supposed to listen to music. I was listening. I downloaded a bunch of Gentle Giant albums. Woo! They're pretty good. They're terrible live. Yeah, it's hard to reproduce that extremely intricate shit. Uh, but when it they, they were definitely a studio band, and they were all nerds. When it hits, like, though, it's good. Oh man, fucking yeah! I love I love Three Friends. I love Octopus. I love Power and the Glory. I like a lot of Gentle Giant. I think they they were also. Um, had that weird quality where occasionally prog rock bands became unexpectedly funky. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, listen to the song Proclamation off of Power and the Glory. That fucking song rips ass. I don't think I got and, that album. Yeah. Did I? Power and the Glory is not a good album, uh, but wow. Proclamation is a fucking kick-ass song. Yeah, no, I got da, the albums da, I got da, were da. Acquiring the Taste, Freehand. That's a good album. Good album. Gentle. It has a weird, fucking terrible '70s oversexual album cover, though, which makes me feel disgusted. Um, if you haven't seen the cover for Gentle Giants acquiring the taste, it's a tongue licking up an apple that is made to look uh, like a woman's buttocks, like a butthole, like a butthole. Don't... She has a fruit butthole. Oh no! You put your tongue into butt. Anyway. You put your tongue into apple butt. Then, you know, uh, bonita apple butt. I got three friends, octopus in a glass house, and then self-titled. Yeah, those are good. Those are those are the traditionally seen as the best ones. It's pretty good. I mean, you know, I like it because it's less emote. It, so much music is just like, I have an emotion and here it is for five songs in a row. And this one, like the emotion is is not as much emotion. It's more like, this is extremely complicated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very, um, it's very cerebral. Yeah, it's it is among the most nerdy and cerebral of prog rock yeah i didn't i tried to like i tried to get into them in high school i never could i could never get into them um they were more jazzy than other prog rock people too which is why people had trouble getting into them yeah um i would say but i that type of music specifically gentle giant where they would just do these 
endless, intricate uh, melodies is what they were really good for, where you would have these like lines of melody where they were going and it was all figured out beforehand and there were these really intricate harmonies that accompanied all of these lines too and where that had a direct predecessor not a predecessor a direct um influence on one of my favorite bands ever like top 10 the cardiacs hmm. uh i was very sad about tim smith dying but after you hear about his loud did you ever hear about uh, the cardiacs um Gosh, I, is it spelled C A R D I A C S? D I A C S, the cardiac. Yeah, I have are... um, "Sing to God." I have that album. Mm. You, the, that a... uh, the seaside is is the good one, which is sort of a collection of demos. It was the tape, but that sort of contains all their most iconic '80s songs on it. Is this the same band? Do you know that? Is this maybe a compilation album, "Sing to God"? I think it might be a compilation album oh, you're referring to. Okay. But um, yeah, Tim Smith. Um, and they had that same thing as Gentle Giant. They were also a bunch of huge British nerds. They were funnier and more influenced by punk and more self-aware than... That's the other thing about Gentle Giant, is these guys took themselves completely seriously and yeah. lacked any sort of self-awareness, which also makes it um, very funny. Because they're like being, We are little good British boys, singing in elaborate tones, making all the songs for everybody, we are good British boys. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> they... 100% straight face fucking serious. <laughs> That's the 70s. That's the swagger of the 70s we need to bring back. Um, well, yeah, but, I don't know. Yeah. I think we're going to have, like, metal again. I don't know, though. I don't know what music... Who who can anticipate? I don't think guitar music's really coming back in any significant way. I mean, metal is, like... Metal always exists. It is, like, the yeah. massive subgenre that can never die because it captures something uh, in people i don't know what it is but if you are a metal fan you know especially that type of metal fan that like only listens to metal and goes to like the vakken festival and stuff like that yeah those guys are weird uh, it's weird limiting yeah. yourself to just metal yeah not but I, i've never done that yeah <laughs> i'm not a one genre guy nah, i like all music I, I, yeah, there's a weird fidelity in limiting yourself to just metal. Yeah. I feel like... I, I sort of respect that. I don't like people... You know, everyone shits on the people who say they don't like rap or country because yeah. they're two huge genres that there's millions of entries into that, of course, one of them will be attuned to your taste, so you're really just being prejudiced. But I do respect people that are like, no, only one thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's opera, opera people are it. like that. They are kind of yeah. like that in a way. No, only opera. Yeah. I love the opera people. Yeah, everything else is shit. <laughs> everything else is B tier shit. I'm only in it for the honey drip and opera. Yes. Oh man, I wish I found I could hang out with an opera crew and just be like, suggest just suggest other music and constantly be shot down. Just like, hey, if you like, why don't we try? <laughs> no. Turn this opera crew, I don't know, I imagine them in a penthouse in the Upper West Side. They're all wearing powdered wigs and, like, uh, <laughs> fucking uh, bustiers. Even the dudes nice. are wearing bustiers. Even the dudes. Even the dudes are wearing Bro, how sick would this be? Dudes wearing bustiers? It's fucked up, bro. Like the Rocky Horror Show? Fucked up. I saw that shit once. 
I saw this this lady I was fucking took me to Rocky Horror Show. <laughs> I think that it was it was called. And there were like dudes and bustiers. Like how fucked up is that, bro? What else have I downloaded <laughs> recently? Although that time warp song is sick. I like that time warp song. It's it's my it's it's my ringtone now. Time warp. Time warp. Time warp. Time. Well, let's do the time. I like, yeah, I like the idea of people who aren't culturally prepared for the Rocky Horror Picture Show <laughs> going into the Rocky Horror. Yeah, I, I, I came around to that that program, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. It's a good program. And the program. Rocky Horror Show in general. Good program. It's a, it's a good program. Good program. I like the program. Yeah. Um, but I hated it at first because I thought the songs were shit. I thought they were just, you know, sort of boring and plotting 1950s rewrites. And then I had a friend who enlisted me to play guitar in the show for three years in a row. Oh, man. And he was so nice that I couldn't say no. And I, by sheer force of repetition, now I love the Rocky mm. Horror show. Yeah. If you play, uh, if you, yeah, if you, if you have to do that, if you have to learn someone's songs and you think they're bad, you have yeah. to force yourself into finding something you like about them. So it's a good exercise. Mm -hmm to do but i now genuinely like the songs to the point where i'm singing there's a light looming in the fireplace yeah I, love, I, I i like the rocky horror show and it's weird pseudo sequel shock treatment which mm -hmm. everyone should see because it is one of the oddest cultural oddities ever hmm. i know about it because i was into rocky horror in high school but interesting um, only... What drew you to Rocky Horror as a you're not even a queer? Um, Why did you like Rocky? Horror? You non queer? Maybe you're a little queer. I, Who no, knows? I I don't think I'm queer. Sorry. No. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, we're only half gay podcast, I mean, half queer podcast. There's a lot of straight guys who like just because they're not entirely like I don't know they have sex in more than one position. They're like I'm queer. And I'm gay. <laughs> like I knew guys like I'm, that at bar. I'm deviant. And they were saying it just to fit in in a weird way. So I, unfortunately, I can't identify as queer. But I did like Rocky Horror in high school because I was into <laughs> a lot of different music and movies, and I was trying to. And you know, I I heard my uncle like told me that he went in the um, 70s to some of like the original viewings of it where they started off started the whole cult following of like throwing hot dogs yeah, and like, at the screen and shit like the whole call and response aspect like he, yeah. he went to those so i i slut, felt slut slut yeah i felt like a <laughs> sort of like a familial tie to it and um i liked tim curry i liked every i really liked the movie in high school so you know mm. i went it does make you feel dangerous when you're watching it as a young as a young chap it does make you feel a bit saucy bit ranchy i mean i like cult movies i was and that's like when i was researching i was like you know looking up what are cult movies and i was like that's the first one so i watched <laughs> top it, 100 cult movies i'm like i'm in yeah. the cult now <laughs> yay the midsummer cult no. no do do movies like that would be a funny thing like um okay i'm i just came up with a ready player one type pitch mm -hmm. it's called cult movies where in a post-apocalyptic landscape, people have literally elevated movies to the uh, point of godhood. Like, so there's like a Jurassic Park cult that dresses as dinosaurs and Sam Neill. And, you know, they just can only speak in quotes from Jurassic Park. And there's one person who's not born to any cult. 
known as the critic <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's can... just the critic from the <laughs> yeah and it's just jay sherman yeah <laughs> it's just this is the reboot this is the post-apocalyptic reboot it stinks yeah it'd be funny to to hide that in a movie oh, it's man. Just, it's actually a reboot of the critic but you call it something else and at the like the last <laughs> 20 minutes he comes back uh um no that movie sounds like a good pitch I... like, like um Wait, wait, what's the movie where that happens? Uh, fucking Split, where it turns out it's unbreakable the whole time. Oh, yeah. Who could have foretold? Yeah, it's just, it's Bridge of Spies, but at the end, it's just uh, John Lovitz as Jay Sherman. It was a critic movie the whole time. (laughs) Bridge of Spies. Bridge of Spies. (laughs) Apparently, there's some uh, Tom Hanks movie about him being a submarine captain on only on Apple Plus. You heard about that? What? Like... Tom Hanks made no. a whole submarine movie just for it, the Apple Apple TV people. I wonder how big the wheelbarrow of money was. Yeah, probably big. Mm. Apple TV is not a well-subscribed to uh, service, is it? I have no idea. What are these streaming? Pull up these streaming numbers, young Jamie. Well, I'm trying to think of a movie. What What's that movie that is set in, like, the future, and it's, like, a kid who befriends a girl robot and kind of falls in love with the alita battle angel <laughs> no no i love okay no. i love the alita battle angel i'm just gonna do it aside okay. say i love the alita um, battle angel. no it was reviewed on um on uh, red letter media meets a robot girl from the future what you've seen it i'll have to look it uh, up ex machina no no it's like it's like a low budget alita battle angel <laughs> Um, no, I'll, I'll find it. Hold on. I'll find, find it. it. Find it for me. These type-in sounds, yeah. they can indicate. No, I probably rated it on my IMDb. That's how I keep track of the movies, I think, because I have this problem a lot where I'll, I'll watch a movie and then like it, and then just two years later, can't, I'll just remember it, but I can't remember the title or anything about the title. So I always mm-hmm. try to rate the movie I watch so I can go back and find it when i keep in a movie diary kind of yeah i should start a letterboxd is that what what is that letterboxd is like the classy version of imdb Mm. but it's like a website where you can register your criticisms of movies oh oh so okay so you do your own criticisms yeah okay let me see if i can find it did you ever watch the square the square? Yeah. No, what's the square? It's got. The, remember, it had a really shocking trailer of like a guy pretending to be a, um, an ape in a in a, like a sort of a eyes wide shut style, um, elite rich person gathering. Cool. Yeah. It the was, square. It didn't end up being that great, but it was um, very interesting. Uh, let's no, right? See. Would um, you recommend? Yeah, would you, you should say, check it out. Yeah, check out the square. I haven't seen it. But watch movies in general. Even watch bad movies. Watch mediocre movies and think about why they're mediocre. It helps to understand what you think is important in the universe. You can craft a small value system even with a shitty piece of art. Which is the beautiful thing about art, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why, analyzing why you don't like something can have just as much value as why you like something. Which is, it's okay to be critical. It's okay to be critical. 
do not be shallow and say that you're just being a hater. No, that's shallow. You know, haters gonna hate. I can just see Hitler, you know, going through Vichy France, going, haters gonna hate, you know? I'm Hitler, you know? I'm gonna have to go Can on... we not criticize Hitler? I'm gonna have to Have go... we reached a point in this hustle mentality where we can't criticize Hitler? I'm gonna have People. to go on uh, Red Letter Media's YouTube and go through their reviews. There you go. To find <laughs> That's it. what we've come to. I have to, as I, now I have to find this movie because I'm pretty sure you've seen it. And I know Red Letter Media reviewed it. She's a robot girl. So describe more of the movie to me. Okay, yeah. so it's there's an eye patch guy villain. There's eye patch guy. Villain. A young boy who is in the future. It's way in the future. He finds like a robot girl on a swing set, and um, he has to fight the eye patch villain. And that's like the whole movie. But I have not seen this movie. Hmm. Okay. Well, I will If find I have, it. what significance does the robot girl have? Well, he kind of like falls in love with the robot girl, but she's a robot girl. So it's Alita Battle Angel. No, it's not. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, God damn it. I'm, falls God in love it. with the robot girl. Hold what on. are the cons? Is, is, what's it called? I don't know. I'm going to have to scroll okay. through all of the half in the bag reviews now. Why don't you just look up Robot Girl Future Boy Eyepatch Villain movie? Because I, I, when I was looking for still life, I was trying to find it based on my description of the plot, and that was impossible. Okay. So I'm just going to, I may have to look, I don't know. It's going to take a while. Maybe they took it down. Don't even do it. Forget it. Just watch this Eyepatch Boy Girl Future Villain movie. We recommend this movie based off of a vague plot. Find it for yourself, you babies. You fucking dumb little shits. You garbage assholes. Garbage ass. You flaring garbage assholes. You garbage ass. Just coming Turbo out of the kid. corner. Turbo Kid. Turbo Kid. Okay, yes, I have seen Turbo Kid, yeah. Okay, so now I now we just have to rewind so I can remember why. Zero kid, are you gonna compare it to Midsummer? Uh, no. But yeah. uh, it, that's a good movie. I recommend. I liked Turbo Kid a lot. Turbo Kid is great. I have to have to go. So now, do you remember Robot Girl? Does it? Yeah, does I, my, I, I an do. eye patch guy? Yes, okay. yes. All of them are. <laughs> okay. Turbo Kid takes place in sort of this heightened reality. It's ultra gory. It's um. And it's very, it's very earnest, but it earns its earnestness by, like, being genuinely good-spirited, good-hearted, not cynical about it. Mm. Like, it's a, it's a parody that manages to exceed its parody stat. It's, it's kind of like a parody of, like, um, shows like Power Rangers, in a way. Mm -hmm. Or shows like VR Troopers, that very early 90s conception of... Oh man, VR Troopers is a fucking trip, man. For for a crazy vision of the future, watch VR Troopers. Okay. Uh, but um, or Beetleborgs, like a lot of these things that were like uh, taking Japanese shows and bringing them to the U.S. Mm. And uh, yeah, Turbo Kid. Yeah, I'm not watching is a subversion of those I'm tropes. Don't watch VR, VR Troopers. Not watching this. No. But it's a funny show that I remember from my youth. Okay, so I could so the same guy that did Turbo Kid did um, Summer of '84, which I don't think I liked very much. I didn't see Summer of '84. I mean, it, Summer of '84 is capitalizing on the Stranger Things thing, but oh no, it's, it's kind of a lot like Super Eight in that it's just not very good. '80s kids solving mysteries. Yeah. You were Gen X in the '80s, riding around on bikes. 
becoming Brett Kavanaugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stranger Things, but they all grow up to be Brett Kavanaugh. No. <laughs> oh, no. Even Eleven turned into Brett Kavanaugh, the ultimate expression of Generation X. Well, I gotta watch the Red Letter Media's catch-up videos. So whenever I, I like to watch their catch-up videos and then just like compile a huge list of movies to watch. Yeah, I love the Red Letter Media. We can all agree that the Red Letter Media guys are the are top top crack when it comes to fucking internet film criticism. Mm. Because uh, they're unpretentious, and they've sort of made they've made their bones off of having very matter-of-fact personas, and also Jay is the one I like art films more, and Mike is like <laughs> I just like Star Trek. Uh, although Mike so sometimes Mike on. sometimes likes movies that uh, that you don't expect him to like. Yeah, like Under the Silver Lake. I watched Under the Silver Lake based on their recommendation. What's and that? You know, What's that one? Pretty good. I mean, pretty good I'm Under the Silver more Lake. More typing noises. Typing! We're typing. This is the research time. We don't prepare for the show. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah, we, we prepare, prepare as we go. We don't prepare for this the This is show. the preparation <laughs> song. Preparation song. We don't have a direction. We have erections. We're hard all the time. Oh, it's got Andrew hard Garfield. All the time. So how is Andrew Garfield a worthwhile actor? Andrew Garfield's great. Yeah, yeah he's he was on. Uh, he loves Drag Race. That's how I know he's a good guy. Mm. And his appearance on the UK's Drag Race was extremely funny. Love Andrew Garfield. Think he's think he's <laughs> great. This movie is really good. It's the It Follows guys next movie, and it's basically like. Um, it feels like a Thomas Pynchon book, you know. It's, it's it, really. It follows is the one where if you if you bone, you die. If you bone, like a weird spirit that can take the form of anyone yeah. follows you very slowly until you die. That's so funny. If it catches up, if it touches you, you get fucked to death. It's about STDs. Oh yeah, I forget that part of the movie is the ghost fucks you to death. Oh really? Which is, yeah. Nice. Do you do you don't remember that part from It Follows where know. the ghost fucks the kid to death? I don't know if I've seen. Yeah, it. a ghost fucks a kid to death in that, but that's a pretty. Damn. Thinking about it. <laughs> damn, son. Damn. Damn, son. Three gorges. Damn. <laughs> Whoa! Someone like a body just fell on the floor in the uh, apartment above Oops. me or something like that. <laughs> Heard that. Oops. Oh my god. <laughs> What's Joss Whedon up to? Uh hiding out with his millions of dollars. I mean, I was just thinking about Joss Whedon the other day because I was thinking of um like a horror story like set in the future where everyone can only communicate in quips mm -hmm. um because of uh the Whedon virus or something to that effect. Where everyone is like, actually, we're dashing through the snow. Oh, looks like he's got a one new, horse open He's got sleigh. a new TV series about Victorian women who travel through time or something. <laughs> That's Whedon. Oh God, it's called the Never. He's a feminist. Yeah, oh yeah, I, I forgot. He's a male feminist, but he got <laughs> he got in trouble. He got he didn't really get canceled. He cheated on his wife. It turns out, which is like, eh, who cares? It's his wife you know it's like key in your own car right <laughs> i mean i think i, I stole know. that from somewhere but i can't remember <laughs> i don't know he's a weirdo i mean his tv shows are all the same uh joss whedon They're not i don't find them to be that original anyway he's got it's called no, the nevers he, 
he knocked it. I, I will say that I am a huge Buffy fan. I think he knocked it out of the park with Buffy, and then I think he coasts on a lot of that. Uh, he co he coasts on Buffy Goodwill for the rest of his career. Yeah, dude. The last thing he directed was Avengers: Age of Ultron in 2015, and then yeah. he took like a six-year break, and now he's directing this weird show, The Nevers, an epic tale yeah. following a gang of Victorian women who find themselves with unusual abilities, relentless enemies, and a mission that might change the world. Can we just have like uh? We just have like a show about normal people. Let's just have a show where no one has superpowers. I know. Yeah. Can can it be just <laughs> no one can just travel through time and shit like that? I know there are plenty of shows like that, but let's have something more things in the action or science fiction genre where people don't have superpowers. Yeah. I would like that very much. I don't know. I would, more entries where it's normal people dealing with radical events. The um. The Cloverfield one with John Goodman is kind of like that. Yes. Uh, the 10 Cloverfield Lane is great. Is that, that's uh, the that's one with recommend. John Goodman? That is yeah. the one with John Goodman so and uh, What's-Her-Face and What's-His-Name. Yes. Evan Rachel Wood? I don't know. Is that Evan Rachel Wood? Yeah, she's in that. Yeah. I like her. She's got big eyes. That's a great movie. Because you, yeah. you think he's just an abusive piece of shit. <laughs> Well, boy, howdy. And he is, but also yeah. there are monsters that will kill you if you go outside. Yeah. And then there are monsters a, that are inside that will kill you if you stay inside. So. And it, uh, what sustains that movie is its great fucking dialogue. All mm. of the characters are great. All of the characters are really believable. Um, it's a bottle movie, basically, for 80% of it. So, yeah, 10 Cloverfield, also a hard recommend. Yeah. This is just a movie episode. Yeah, it's just a know, movie Just talking episode. about movies. Because I've been Midsommar, getting back into great. movies. Lighthouse, great. Uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane, great. Uh, what are we? What else have we covered? We've also covered, um, what was the Zhang Chi Zhao movie oh, you talked yeah, about? Uh, Still Life. Still Life, great. Very uh, cool. Turbo Kid, Turbo great. Kid, good movie. So we've, we've had five hard recommendations on this show thus far and i'm gonna check out hereditary some maybe maybe tonight if i can find it if it's streaming i personally can recommend hereditary but hereditary is like a legit it's a fucking dark ass horror movie good it, there are no jokes in it i don't i mean there are okay. kind of funny where midsummer is a funny movie i think midsummer is secretly a comedy there were funny parts yeah yeah, it's a comedy of manners, essentially. It's like, it's curb your enthusiasm, but Larry David dies. He gets killed by a cult. He gets murdered by a cult. Oh, so I pissed on a log. I don't know what I'm doing. Larry, how could you piss on a fucking log, you fucking piece of shit? Well, we have to kill Larry now. See, Larry, they're going to fucking kill you now. You fucking deserve it. Yeah, curb your, curb your midsummer. <laughs> is that's the thread of the movie midsummer's curb your enthusiasm <laughs> i don't know, I don't know. Um, uh, I, i've been watching a very funny show on netflix show? a reality which show year? it's called love uh, on the spectrum oh man is it about autistic people yeah. in love it, no well it's about autistic people going on dates that seems exploitative it's not Okay. Well, it is. So it, it's not an. It's not. It is and it isn't. But it's because it's helping it's, them. Okay, sure. How is it framed as as it's helping? Well, them? they have a hard time finding dates, and um, there are, is a certain amount of you know volunteer work that has to happen because it's very hard for two autistic people to go on a date. 
because they can, mm-hmm. they have, they're disabled and it's hard for them and their disability is precisely Look, that which will you need a Netflix budget to get to autistic people of. out of day but it's also really sweet and very yeah. it's very interesting because they're super honest when they don't mm. like when they don't like each other on, on the date like they'll just whip out the switch and be like I'm sorry I'm going to play this game now because we do not share any common interests and I am tired of waiting for the food hell yeah <laughs> love on the spectrum and then, <laughs> and then they're like both trying to play uh, super smash and one says to the other like oh it seems you are not very good at this would you prefer if i put this away <laughs> uh, oh my god but it's also you know it interviews the parents and the parents are super happy because they're like finally like maybe they can like find someone and sometimes they do sometimes they don't but it's about helping them learn how to go on dates and try to at least make friends or relationships and you know. not feeling isolated yeah another theme is the thread throughout i wonder if we can can you can you really um no i guess you can't through the five movies we've mentioned you can't say the theme of isolation and dealing with isolation is uh, prevalent in all of them no, as no. major themes not really turbo kid it's not really about that it's kinda if you stretch it, man. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know what movie I did rewatch again? That is the fucking best movie ever. Fucking Spring Breakers. Spring, really? I, I've only when seen it... Spring Breakers two. Seriously, <laughs> I've only... is there a Spring Breakers two? I'm pretty sure. No. Really? Oh, I, I... maybe it's Spring Break two. Spring Break two? Because Spring Breakers is a Harmony Corinne movie. Oh. It's the one with James Franco, and he has white guy braids. Oh, that movie. It's the one with Selena Gomez. What have I seen? What have I seen that's like that with Spring Break. Spring Break. Spring Break forever. It's Spring. Spring Break. Spring Break. Spring Spring Break. So it's it's got only a five out of ten on IMDb. (laughs) <laughs> oh poo poo on them they good? just don't get what it's about oh, okay <laughs> no but it really is uh one it's shot beautifully uh two it has uh harmony corinne's trademark horrifying intensity and uh, uh making you witness incredibly uncomfortable things constantly mm. so if you like that if you're a make me suffer type person mm-hmm then uh you know that it's it should be good for you three it's a beautiful snapshot of a form of uh south florida culture that we don't get to experience very often it takes place in saint petersburg an underutilized city in the pantheon of american cities i i attribute uh gummo to a lot of my development because i saw that at a very young age (laughs) which was weird i saw that i saw gummo i think when i was 13 yeah so that was like not actually not long after it came out that I think I saw Gummo in like 2003. No, I hear you. For a while, my role model was the bunny boy from Gummo. Because um, after I saw Donnie Darko, I was like, I need more movies with bunnies in them. <laughs> creepy bunny movies. Yeah. Where are my creepy bunnies? So I watched like, you know that movie Harvey with... Um... Yeah, that is another creepy mm-hmm. bunny movie. That is a creepy bunny movie. And so I had this whole like elaborate fantasy world that like all of those movies were taking place in like the same universe. Gummo, Harvey, and Donnie Darko. 
the creepy gummy verse the creepy bunny verse um that one segment in twilight zone the movie with bart simpson has a creepy bunny in it oh you know so i've been seeing these ads there's going to be new twilight zone directed by jordan peele or created by there already is it's been out for a while it's not that good i'm sorry to say it's only just okay. You know how original Twilight Zone is hit or miss? Mm-hmm. This is more okay or miss. Uh, There's like a couple of good episodes. Well, maybe it'll get better as it goes on. Maybe. I hope it gets more life because I love anthology horror series, but I feel like Jordan Peele like keeps his best idea for movies, movies. Um, yeah. Fucking, did Candyman come out? Because he produced a version of Candyman that someone is directing that stars The Wonderful yaya abdul mateen the second and uh i'm really excited about that one because i love the original candy man that's another hard recommend fucking Uh, candy man i'm gonna watch that shit tonight actually okay i i also i haven't seen that shit in a while i see i added to my watch list beach bum and i still haven't seen it i really want beach bum another hard recommend specifically paired with spring breakers they are companion movies they're both about south florida they're both about the florida keys and they're both about a lifestyle of what i think the through line of all of harmony corinne's movies is is people becoming self-actualized by obeying their impulses like um his movies tend to lack conflict Mm. um because the characters are just you know they don't really change that much they sort of change occasionally but they're they're a a lot of flat character arcs things just sort of happen in harmony corinne movies Mm. um because they're intentionally left with no room to develop uh which is what i think is interesting but the the thread shared by all of them is that they are a collection of impulses or like hedonistic instincts like in gummo they do what they want you you cannot scrutinize it. You have no idea what's going on. But these people are happier and more well adjusted than you in their own weird way. <laughs> it's the same thing with trash humpers. Trash and humpers? I think that's what's tra- trash humpers. Yeah. God damn it! I don't know this one. Also, Candyman uh, is the, the you're watching the one from 1992. That one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That one is a kick-ass movie. Virginia Madsen, mm-hmm. Tony Todd, written by fucking uh clive barker i think it's directed by clive barker i want to say it's directed by clive barker yeah 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 and um yeah that movie is all about um it's all about uh the uh sort of systemic racism essentially or just like the memory of racism you know when people say that America is no longer racist because you know the laws are equal this argues for like this deep emotional uh, ingrained sense of betrayal and revenge on a piece of land itself, mm. you know, where an injustice happened. You know, it's sort of it's a classic trope of oh, we built something on an Indian burial ground, but it very upfront deals with um, racial issues. It's all about it. Oh yeah, and mm. it's a hard recommend. Cool. Hard recommend about 1992's Candyman. Nice. It's also creepy as hell. Oh. It's also creepy as hell. I'm seeing that Yaya Abdul Mateen the second is going to be in the Matrix Four. What is he the new Neo? I guess they have Keanu Reeves back. Keanu Reeves must have agreed to do it. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Who's Yaya? Uh, let me see. He's not list. There's no character listing for him yet. Okay. But um, because I am part um, of the Yaya sisterhood, <laughs> i.e., the people that think he's very attractive. <laughs> 
I'm trying to think if I've I've seen part of Watchmen, but I did, I couldn't finish Watchmen. You see his full on dick in Watchmen. Oh, wow. I guess guess that's why you watched it. You're Watchmen. Watchmen. Okay, what was your Watchmen as a polarizing series? I got bored. I didn't dislike or like. I just kind of got bored with the superhero. I mean, I don't know. I liked Watchmen the comic a little, like sort of. I was like meh, and then I kind of liked Watchmen the movie, kind of like meh, and I was like more Watchmen, but different. I don't know. So I mean, I really like Watchmen the comic. Yeah, I think it's super cool. Yeah, the comic. I like. Great. I especially like the the weird pirate comic digressions in it. <laughs> I think those are really funny, and that's something that. But you know, that's Alan Moore specifically did that, and he made long text sections as well to specifically. And the fact that Doctor Manhattan being a time guy at all is written to be specifically for the comics page, where you can you know flit your eyes about. And literally on the same page, you're viewing how Dr. Manhattan sees the world, where time is just, you know, a series of boxes separated by it. it it's which is why adaptation of Watchmen is famously difficult to do and why, you know, Zack Snyder sort of, you know, blunt force. I'm just going to do the events of the book as they happen. Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, that's one way to do it, but it's sort of you, you miss a lot. Like, I would say integral parts of what makes the comic book so good and memorable is all of that sort of backstory or the sections with long text or like the weird pirate comic in it. You like in order to do it justice, like, I don't know. But the new Watchmen series, which is, of course, you know, not an adaptation, but rather a uh, sort of sequel using the same characters is... um, it's okay. It's another thing that deals upfront with racial politics. It's it forms the core of the show actually. Uh, it starts off with uh, people. I think really gravitated to it. There was there was this collective weirdness of people that had never heard of the Tulsa bombings before. Yeah. So I heard a, I saw a lot of people saying that. Did you guys know this happened? Right. <laughs> Did you guys know these Tulsa bombings happened? Oh my god. I did not know this before. It turns well, out it wasn't racismo a bom- was real. That, told the, that wasn't the bombings. What, that, you're talking about the... F- no, no, uh, you're thinking of the Oklahoma City bombing. No, 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 I'm no, no. I'm, the- no, no, no. I'm not thinking of the Oklahoma City bombing. I'm thinking of the Phil, Phil, Philly Move bombing. But Tulsa was a race, not a race riot. It, Tulsa was like a... They didn't use bombs and when they destroyed... They did use bombs. And they destroyed... They literally... I, I thought that they literally used bombs in Philly on the Move buildings but in tulsa they just destroyed black wall street and that whole community they, they, they are they used, yeah they dropped bombs on them but are you sure yeah i think that's a part of it i think maybe I, i'm you might be wrong. confusing maybe I'm being them they dropped bombs on in philly on people but in, it was in the goddamn watchman show because <laughs> uh, it was let me see if there's well Okay. It, uh, yes, there were firebombs dropped by private okay. aircraft, but I, I guess we were, I was confusing because I'm not saying they didn't do anything bad, but like in Philly, the, the police dropped bombs on a yeah, whole neighborhood it block. Yeah, Real it wasn't fucking um, bombs in that case. Um, yeah, not, not IEDs <laughs> that, these, that these hicks in Tulsa were making. But, to blow up the, the the black people that were doing capitalism better than them. I mean, they also just 
I mean, went within with guns and there was a massacre. Yes. Also that too. Yeah. But the, yeah, if uh, I, and I think like that shit isn't really taught. No. And it's, not. it's a, one of the most significant events in American history. Uh, and so um, I think Watchmen did good just by realizing that more people should know about this. Let's devote uh, HBO's budget to it. Mm-hmm. So it ended, I think it had a net positive in that it educated a lot of people about this weirdly overlooked huge event in American history. But then it sort of, the it's racial politics going to some weird conflicting places throughout the show. Like, specifically, the narrative is all about the ascendancy to godhood of a black cop. And I guess it doesn't really try to justify, uh, you know, why that is. But it it sort of does in the show where she says she's sort of inspired to be a defender of people specifically by black exploitation movies and a desire to seek revenge based on the death of her parents. Very classic Batman origin story they give Sister Knight. And sort of, like, um, she is... Uh, indoctrinated to do violence on behalf of, you know, uh, a desire for revenge, which is, of course, very unhealthy. So, and, you know, not the type of person you want as a cop. So why is this, you know, does Dr. Manhattan judge this person to be the best person capable of inheriting his powers? So does, Spoilers. Does Dr. Okay, that, see, I didn't get that far. Doctor, yeah, Dr. Manhattan shows he up. He shows up? Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Sorry. And, and, and Dr. Manhattan, his origin story is like he's the strongest of the Smurfs. Do, do, yeah, he is the big Smurf. He's Big Papa Smurf. Uh, <laughs> uh, so Dr. Manhattan was a Jewish boy, which I think is significant. Very In the comics, he's explicitly Aww, said to be Jewish. Because now you identify with him. Now he's, he's the most powerful Jew on earth. <laughs> you thought George Soros was powerful. Look at Dr. Manhattan. And of course, he's, and you know, he, the reason he's called Dr. Manhattan is because he's Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because I wanted some bagel and some lux and the best place on earth is... Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Dr. Upper West Side. Nice. Yeah. Dr. Brooklyn. Do- Dr. Bronx. <laughs> hey, I'm Dr. Brooklyn. I can only see in pizza. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Dr. Dr. Staten Island. Uh... I'm Dr. Staten Island. I shit garbage. <laughs> <laughs> That's my superpowers. I'm just shitting garbage he just constantly. Goes to a garbage planet to be alone. Takes up <laughs> shitty fairy. It's so terrible being Dr. Staten Island. Why did I choose it? Why did I step into that particle accelerator filled with garbage? <laughs> There's endless. <laughs> Dr. Manhattan comes to visit him. <laughs> Eventually. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. So, yes. They, a Dr. Bronx. They used, okay, they I used to all the fire bombs. They used balls of burning turpentine in the Tulsa race massacre. Um, yeah, they used from, IEDs. That's not... Well, you because you mean... You mean improvise... Well, that's not... I guess they're not really, they're not explosive. really explosive. They're incendiary, incendiary devices. Yeah. Um, They're in Sydney. The move bombings, I think they used real bombs or something. But they did use real bombs. Also <laughs> move bombings, yeah. Fucking nuts. Um, but there you go. Yeah, we don't teach mm-hmm. that. Not taught. Not at all yeah. taught in school. Yeah. 
It's like And the any any time some asshole, you know, says, Well, why don't black people just pull themselves up by their bootstraps? Because every time they do, this happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well. I don't know. Do you think I feel like the movement how as it is now has kind of receded from the front pages but i think the yeah it's still going pretty still hard going. there's still daily protests yeah. you know i still see people on twitter still out there you know especially if you're if you're unemployed and you know you you have this opportunity to do so i think a lot of people do want to go out and protest and do want to get their voice out there but they're married to their job because they have to be and then when they get home at the end of the day, they can't, they're too exhausted. Have you ever been to a protest? You're just fucking standing outside, baking in the sun, chanting, you know, wondering what the rules are, hoping violence doesn't erupt. They're sort of weird and fraught and they're uncomfortable, which is why I do, like, I do think it is, like, going out to those is a genuine effort, even if people try to diminish it. No, it is. I, th I would say it is. I, I think as unemployment gets worse... The protests will, I mean, I, I, this, I've been thinking about this, which is that with the weekly cases and death rates, like you can sort of feel, you have a new metric to feel the breathing of the country in a way. We, we can mm -hmm. see, because the case rates as they go up, you can correlate that to more activity, right? And so you can feel the breathing in and out of the country. And, and as things move in waves, you can see it now. And I'm trying to identify patterns in the case rates to like sort of. <laughs> to, and then Pepe Silva, Pepe Silva. <laughs> Pepe Silvia. Yeah. Pepe Silvia. Yeah. I love Charlie. I love. Did I you know the episode Pepe. where he's like, he points out dog shit and then steps in it on purpose because he likes it. <laughs> <laughs> oh hey some dog shit <laughs> I think Charlie is the television character that I most identify with I think mm. yeah. I feel like I'm just a little dirty guy I also mildly look like Charlie yeah, Day you, you should get, a, you should get a, a little short guy to live with you and sleep with you on your couch yes you can cook up some, I do I have a dog cook up some cat food on the radiator <laughs> yeah you gotta huff some glue i love the episode oh, where the two germans move in and they're just so in sync with each other and charlie's like yeah you gotta heat it up on the radiator but, but you take it off so it keeps cooking and it won't burn <laughs> and they're like finishing each other's sentences oh, so sweet. oh my god uh, yeah, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Not a movie, but another hard recommend. I haven't seen any of the Latter-day episodes. Maybe it's time to investigate. I dropped off at about season eight, mm -hmm. and there has since been about five more seasons. So Yeah, it's... Although I did see the episode where Mac did his, his like, gay dance, which was very interesting. It's sometimes hit, hit or miss, um, sometimes, but generally it's good stuff all the way through. Yeah. I think there. I think the reason why it works too is, and why it sort of exceeds Seinfeld, in um, in in terms of like making a show about deliberately unlikable characters, is that where Seinfeld doesn't really critique its characters. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's why it's that's why its um, finale was so unpopular. It's because for the first time in the history of show, it actually bothered to critique its characters. Right. 
Um, whereas It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia starts out as a satire of these people who are um, very materially motivated. And because they are materially motivated, they are rightfully punished constantly. Um, and I think because it's always a critique of these types of people, I think that's what sort of separates it from Seinfeld. Even if, like... But it's also, you know, these characters are inherently more sympathetic and more human than the Seinfeld characters because both Charlie and Max's life is shaped intimately by poverty, um, <laughs> which they do go into in a few episodes in ways that make it sort of uncomfortable and deeply human, which is why I also think It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia succeeds on a level that Seinfeld doesn't uh, succeed on. Whereas, like, Mac and... Uh, I mean, whereas Dennis and Dee and uh, Frank are the ultimate bad influencers. They're the ultimate, you know, unthinking money machine, you know? Feel so clean like a money machine. Great. Great stuff there. 100 Gex is great stuff. Yes. So good. Not a movie, another hard recommend. Hard recommend <laughs> the best band in the world. 100 Gex. I don't know why they have... They have become so popular, but I love it. Yeah, no, I don't know. Yeah, I don't care. They're, I don't care why this is hitting the zeitgeist right now. It's good music. Uh, it's like nothing I've ever heard before. Um, mm -hmm. 100% original by virtue of a some Like it's like a collage. It's like a beautiful collage. They've taken bits and pieces of other things and built something new. And yeah. I like their image. Um, yeah, I like They're their attitude. They're a bunch of weird-looking weirdos. Yeah, weird-looking weirdos. Their music videos are are DIY, very like. There's no budget to them. Yeah, the, their music videos is like, let's go find the most remote rest stop on the shitty interstate and shoot it there. Yeah, and just shoot us walking around a barrel in slow motion yeah. or something like yeah. that. Yeah, doing so very cool hip hop yeah. moves with their hands. It's very yeah. It's endearing for that because it's like your your friend's weird high school project that just became inexplicably popular worldwide. <laughs> so yeah, I think everyone likes everyone likes one hundred gex. If you don't get out of here, get your fucking ass out of here, you old people. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to show oh, it to my man. dad. He would hate it so much. Your dad, you should show reaction video showing 100 Gex to my dad. Yeah, he would just cry. He'd just be like, why is she, why? <laughs> I don't care for this. Oh, no. I don't understand this He'd world. Be like, oh, no, society is crumbling. <laughs> it's like, no, no. Feels so clean like a buddy machine. Hey, little piss baby. It's my favorite. <clears throat> the best way to start an album. That is my favorite joke in Back to the Future where um, Marty convinces the guy he's an alien by playing them Van Halen mm. and saying, this is alien music. <laughs> and it sounds horrible and unpleasant to a person that's only ever heard Roy Orbison before. Yeah, he's playing Eruption, I think. Yeah, yeah. and right. I like to think that 100 Gex would be that now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know they're going to... Oh, we talked about this in our early episode, if they're going to reboot Back to the Future. Uh, as as what? Oh, in eighties, Back to the Future, Back to the eighties. Oh, well, we had this. We had. We don't want. We shouldn't circle back because we did address. We it. shouldn't rehash. Yeah, but but where it is back to the. But I think actually it's back to the seventies. I was. Hoping, That's where we're really at in terms of cultural move. I was hoping that they would just do Back to the Future four, and it would be 
like a lot of CGI, but just like they would get a guy that looks just like, uh, or even if he's still alive, what's his face? And Michael J. Fox. And have him go a fourth iteration of the same dance in the 80s, and it's just more. <laughs> it's just like, oh, another Marty McFly had to come back to fix more shit. But I don't know. I don't think they can because um, the old uh, doc died. So Wait, no. Christopher Lloyd isn't dead, yeah, is he? Yeah. yeah, he's dead. No. Yeah, yeah he is. Whoa. Yeah, doc! I, I, think, um, doc! I think you got really sad when you found out he was dead. Did he? Did that? Yeah. Did that do? I don't think he's dead. I don't think he's dead. I think you're confuzzling him with some other you're person. Not, he's not dead. No, he's not dead. He's just old. He's just really old. They can still do There's still time, still damn time, it. still time, then. Back to the Future 4, colon, there's still time. <laughs> <laughs> Squeeze a little bit more money out of Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> yeah, it's just... Wow. Uh, <laughs> I guess he's not dead. No, Christopher Lloyd is definitely... Don't spread rumors of Christopher maybe, Lloyd being maybe dead. Maybe I, I come from the future where he is dead. I could have swore he died. Yeah, I just come back from the future to go to Michael J. Fox's house to tell him that in the future, Michael, you die. Yeah. I'm sorry, dude. Well, I knew that. I knew that, Doc. Yeah. Great movies. I remember watching those for the first... I rented them all. All uh, I had a great time with that because I rented all three one weekend mm-hmm. to watch. And I had never seen them before or really yeah. knew about them. So it, Those movies vary wildly in tone. <laughs> it was a good weekend for me when I was like 14 just to rent all three and just be like, yes. I love Back it. to the Future 2 is a horrifying, depressing movie. Mm-hmm. It's I love of it. everyone like yeah, it's 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 the deepest of the Back to the Future trilogy. <laughs> I love Biff. Some would say I love I love Biff so much. It's my favorite. Yeah. But it's all about everyone being old and forgotten and living in the bad ending mm-hmm. and you know, it's uh yeah. Maybe I should watch Back to the Future 2 again reevaluate my opinions of those movies where the main comedic beats come from incest <laughs> another movie like midsummer back to the future is like midsummer and there's uh, incest is a prominent theme i mean they only address <laughs> incest briefly in midsummer yeah you're right it's... incest is the driving factor in the back to yeah. the future movie Mom, in the, in the first it. one <laughs> mom you're all over my dick i swear to god <laughs> Yeah, they, they, it was called Back to the Future uh, when the original title was Mom, You're All Over My Dick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Meet Marty McFly. His mom is all over his dick. <laughs> uh, so, oh my God. I, have you heard the rumors that they're going to ditch the Star Wars trilogy and, and start over? Have you heard that? They're gonna do a new sequel yeah, trilogy. They're gonna they're gonna come up with a Where, because they're just like apparently Disney's not happy with it and they're gonna have to ditch it, like the whole thing, and just start fresh. That's such a fuck you to everyone involved. It's so good except for John Boyega, uh, who would probably be like, "Yes, do it." Fuck these movies. If they just do a movie where I mean, if they do it where like they keep the same characters and they have like it's just Finn, it's just Finn. I don't know. They fucked Star those Wars. We up. actually do something with the one interesting character we introduced and then did nothing with. They fucked them up. So I just I have still haven't seen the last one because I just don't give a shit. 
They totally it's, ruined it for me. It's the ultimate definition of stuff happens. Yeah. It's a stuff happens movie. Stuff certainly happens. It doesn't have any connective tissue or inherent significance or adherence to like a coherent theme or you know something that makes something satisfying or characters that you really really care about such that their success is your success i don't know maybe some people really like ray they pay the most attention to her and try and develop her the most but i don't know it just uh they needed a plan yeah they didn't have a so they didn't have like a three movie plan at all yeah not a recommend no nope. rise of sky well Walker. i'll i probably <laughs> should try to watch it at some point just so i can like know what happened but i try like i tried to watch that um the the han solo one and i got like 15 minutes in and i turned it off i i kind of like the han solo one <laughs> i thought it was okay i like the feminist robot i like the radical robot the robot separatist in it i, I mean i didn't see it so i don't there's a robot separatist who like calls humans meat bags, but then it turns out she's the soul of the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, that movie's too. What is that? The Millennium uh, Falcon has a soul. Okay, so how it goes in the movie is that so you see the moment where um, Han wins the Millennium Falcon in the card game with Lando, and Lando has a robot. Uh, co-pilot hmm. who is a radical robot separatist who is also gender coded and the robot is gender coded as well because the robot has big hips Ooh. so you can tell it's a lady it's got robot birthing hips yeah it doesn't have a face but it has <laughs> robot birthing hips so you can tell and then it's implied in the movie that lando fucks her hey what the fuck? he's like he's he's it's implied that lando is not bisexual but rather xenosexual and and what why why is is that a real word xenosexual is that a is that a real word i don't know i don't know if xenosexual is a real word i think uh if you identify as a xenosexual currently <laughs> that's bad you should probably hey, it implies you fuck it's everything it's not bad we don't mean that um, if you if xenosexual implies you can only oh, fuck things that can consent actually we kind of no it's kind of bad it means it means you want to have sexual intercourse with with other species. There you go. Uh, Bad. I think it's kind. Of, I guess I don't know. Hey. I, well, in a science fiction universe, if those species can consent, xenosexual is a lot less creepy in a universe where there are humanoid. <laughs> like uh, there's a yeah. lot of xenosexual relationships in Star Trek, for example. Yeah. But if you can breed with it, then technically, isn't it? It's not a different species. No, because. Well, is that the definition of species? Yeah, species you have to... That's why dogs are a subspecies mm. of wolf, is because they can interbreed and have uh, offspring that uh, can also have offspring, I th- have viable offspring. Yeah, I don't think we should be talking about this. It seems like we shouldn't. It seems like a forbidden subject. Xenosexuality? I have one more hard recommend that you may not have seen. Okay. Um, the show <laughs> Taboo. Taboo! He breaks every taboo. Did you? Did, no, no. But did you see it with um? Uh, no, no, no. I've I've heard good things I, about it from you. I love that show, and there's supposedly a new season coming out in the fall or the winter, and I hope it does because it was fantastic. What is it about? What what uh, what do you like about Taboo? Um, it's t- 
Tom Hardy is playing a guy who is taking on the British East India Company. It's like single-handedly. And Taboo. He is also got like... He, so he was on a British East India Company ship and it shipwrecked and he like shipwrecked with like some pagan tribe and then like acquired like mystical powers and is a badass and is like taking down the British East India Company um, by being a badass and it's just awesome and it's really gritty and set in like the I don't know like the 19th century or something it's like, Victorian yeah. it's Victorian isn't it it's at the in the it. height of their power before like and they're just awful they're being colonial and he's taking them on and it's great mm-hmm. and yeah fucks them up the British are great villains because they're like they're effete uh, <laughs> sort of uh, feyishness their tea drinking ways their sort of mm-hmm. uh, limp-wristed quality makes them sort of their classic gay villain stereotype, you know? Mm. It kind of reminds me of that uh, movie about Queen Victoria that had, um, gosh, do you remember that one that came out that had, like, all the lesbian subplots? No. Uh, was was that a Kate Blanchett one? Mm. Hold on, I'll find it. Hold on, movie. You'll find uh, it. Yeah, I guess, you know, I always wanted to be a gay villain. I mean, like, all the Disney villains are queer-coded. That's, like, that's very prevalent. Captain Hook! Hey, Smee! James Adomian has a great bit where he talks about all the gay villains. Oh, the favorite. uh, Oh, yeah, the favorite. The Yorgos Lanthimos. It's Yorgos. Yeah. It's Yorgos Lanthimos. Taboo has has similar vibes to the favorite in that it is, like... Mm -hmm. Um, because a, a lot of a lot of historical stuff prior to like recently has been very rose like rose tinted glasses and they yeah founder chic like Hamilton they take or, away yeah. like the fact that they w- were shitting like without plumbing <laughs> like they don't shitting without they, plumbing Hamilton I'm sure Hamilton doesn't address the fact that there were feces everywhere. Alexander Hamilton shitting in a bucket. If you did wrong politics, they'd make you go fuck yeah, it. Like the fact like, <laughs> Alexander Hamilton had a pot in his room, like everyone else did, that they just shit and pissed in. And then Alexander Hamilton contracting all the syphilis, getting mad boils, and getting every into into this. Yeah. I don't, I don't like, fucking. And then know. they had to have rap. someone come around and empty them, and they probably just threw it out a window. Just like Alexander Hamilton smoking lots of chamber pot, getting up in ladies' pussies. Everyone is chamber thoughts. Ooh. <laughs> hey, I'm pretty good. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Well, it's not uh, hard to rap like an idiot. Um, yeah, as, you're right. As Manuel Miranda has shown us. God. Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> not throwing away my shit. Not throwing away my shit. <laughs> God, he's lame. Uh. Alexander Hamilton. Hamilton, hard, unrecommended. Mm-hmm. No recommend. Yeah. Fuck everything about Hamilton. My dad's a true. My that. dad's a true G because he bought three tickets when they were hard to hey, get yeah. and never Expensive. fucking used them. Great. <laughs> Genius. He just. You know what? You know I respect that because that means that someone didn't get to go to Hamilton. Yep. <laughs> Good. Good. Prevent people from going to Hamilton. That was absolutely the worth that money. Yeah. If you prevented someone from going to Hamilton. Yeah. Yeah. He was like a K-pop person with the Trump rally. <laughs> it's too bad the K-pop people couldn't um, save the life of Herman Cain. 
<laughs> R.I.P. to the true G. R.I.P. Herman Cain. R.I.P. Wilfred Brimley yeah. died today. So he, he didn't die of uh, COVID, though, right? He died of diabetes. No, I, I don't know. Uh, well, he was active on Twitter right up until the end. I saw right up until I saw yeah. some posts from him recently. Oh well, wow. the man Wilfred. Yeah, a lot of people died. Uh, also, Bob Montgomery, the the founder, Bill. the co-founder of Bill Montgomery. Uh, Bill Montgomery. You're right, Bill Montgomery, the co-founder of uh, uh, T- Turning Point USA, yep. the Republican meme generator. Yeah, also passed away of COVID-related complications. Yeah, he died after of it. he died of it, and I mean, I'm hope- hoping the Republicans wake the fuck up a little bit. I don't know. Uh, nah. Herd immunity. We'll just, you know, it's, it's, this is the ultimate social Darwinism, right? This is what Republicans believe. Yeah, well, they're like, idiots. if you're not strong enough, you shouldn't be allowed to survive, well, right? They, that's stupid because their voting block is old people. So. I know. It's good. It's so stupid. This is going to be crazy. This is why Biden will win somehow, maybe. Oh, I, I think Biden will win. Yeah, he'll probably win. Um, I'm, but who knows? I won't be surprised if he doesn't, though. Uh, I'm an optimist. I think Biden will win and everything will be fine. Every Biden will win. Everything will be fine. Obama's grandpa, part two. Uh, <laughs> eh, you know. Yeah. I love grandpa. I love white grandpa Obama. All we have to do is just, like, get, you know, get a handle on things and, and then we'll just go back to how it kind of was before, which is not just great. Go. But it's not the it, worst. It will feel... You know how at the end of the epi- the Simpsons episode, the principal and the pauper, um, mm-hmm. the famously the one where people hate because it, um, and they point to is the where Ar- the Simpsons Armin really Tamsarian. started changing. Yeah, yeah, Armin Tamsarian. And at the end of the episode, they literally say, "No one shall mention this again or be punished by torture." <laughs> <laughs> And I feel like people are going to try and treat Trump like that. They're going to try and, like, just pretend this never happened. But it will. Mm. it's this gigantic open wound where you have exposed the fallacy of um, y- 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 uh, democratic discourse. You have exposed that the two-party system is, you know, I... everyone can see that the emperor has no clothes yeah. now. So how can you go back? I don't know. I mean, if... If Congress doesn't do anything about the unemployment, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not such an optimist, really. I'm just trying to be. Uh, yeah. But, well, yeah. yeah. I don't think I don't think communist revolution is going to happen. Some sort of violence erupting. Yeah. I guarantee. I think. I, I in, guarantee. Insurrection is more of a is yeah. what I would be comfortable. Uh, that's weird. Yeah. I just had a weird like thing happened in my brain i said the word insurrection and i want waffle fries do you think like i've been brainwashed <laughs> by the big waffle uh, fries no i feel like the the the, uh, the fast food commercials just if you start thinking about insurrection they're just like no go get a burger instead That's, they started doing it in the iraq war go, and it just caught on hardy started doing it in the iraq get war get some chick-fil-a waffle fries you don't want to yeah. fight the government Every time they mentioned uh, insurrectionists on CNN, uh, waffle fries would flash mm-hmm, for a second mm-hmm. on the screen. Yeah. Ah, I want a big, I want a, I want a jumbo Coke. Yummy, <laughs> yummy, yummy, yummy. Ah, make me fat in my tummy. Don't go fighting because I have no money. Nah, oh. Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't know. The uh, there was the true Truanon was talking about uh, M- Michelle Huilbeck and his essay that he wrote. Um, that his prediction is that things will just be just kind of worse, but the same, same but worse. Yeah, I think that's absolutely the most likely scenario. Yeah. Same, same but worse, worse. I don't. Oh, think... that's a, speaking of Truanon. We didn't even cover the fucking Jufre uh, v. Maxwell leaks. And the fact where that Bill Clinton was on Pedo Island. Bill Clinton, hard, well, not hard evidence, but testimonial that Bill Clinton was on Pedo Island. Yeah. I don't know. She might be lying, but who knows? Yeah, she might be lying, but who knows? But it's nice. It, when it's in actual court documents, there mm-hmm. is this bigger air of officiality about it. Yeah. And, uh, but we're all talking about TikTok. TikTok get banned. TikTok. I feel like so it's so jokerified. TikTok Batman. <laughs> TikTok. TikTok. Oh man, the TikTok teens, just an army of teens with like clocks on their faces, you know, yeah. coming for, Yo, for the TikTok Oh no, teens it's the TikTok teens. Are gonna be pissed if TikTok goes yeah. away. They they just all form in flash mobs where they dance at you and you can't That's escape them. That's not what they do. They're gonna. They, they're they gonna dance turn to music like, on the TikTok. They're, they're gonna turn. There's gonna be like an ISIS formed because of the TikTok teens. That they're gonna. Maybe I should become a supervillain called TikTok and lead the TikTok teens to. Uh, and you're just a, and you, time is up. Yeah, that's lame. <laughs> I am TikTok. Guess what, fascists? Your time is up. Supervillains are lame. You cannot ban TikTok. <laughs> I, for I am TikTok. I am TikTok. The clock strikes I... midnight. <laughs> <laughs> and I have my army of TikTok teens. Get them, teens. <laughs> Dance at them, teens. Use licensed music at them, t- my TikTok teens. Okay, well, we're well over our time limit. <coughs> Did a long time because we've just been goofing. We've been having goofing. some news at the end. Have a good week, everyone. Uh, have a good week, babies. We love you, and uh, movies are good. Yeah, watch go movies. watch some movies. Goodbye. Bye.